wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. I'm Jo Witten, author of the book Quirky Cooking, and I have with me my co-host Fuad Kassab, and today we also have with us a special guest, Jules Galloway. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. Hey, <laughs> Jules is a qualified naturopath. She's a healthy foodie. She's a wellness blogger and now a podcaster. Woohoo! Her own show. What's it called, Jules? Shiny Healthy You. Shiny Healthy You. And she lives in Byron Bay. She specializes in gluten, dairy, and cane sugar-free living, and she's dedicated to helping fatigued women find their shine again. I love that. Um, and you run raw food workshops, I believe. I yep. went, I think I, I first met you at Kristen Morrison's... Um, at Street Organics Street in, Organics Melbourne. in yes. Melbourne, yes. And you were getting ready for one of your work, workshops, and it just looked amazing. So um, you run those around the country? I do, yes, and yep. I also run raw high teas. Raw high teas, lovely. I have seen some beautiful photos. Look at they look amazing. And you're also into surfing. Absolutely, I'm Playing. not very good at it. <laughs> I, love, I love it. I You've love got it. to be into surfing if you live at Byron Bay, right? Totally. Oh, that's awesome. And Jules has a website called JulesGalloway.com, and she's going to tell us all about her story. So, Jules, what we want to talk about today is basically. Um, why you began um, doing all that you do, how, what your story is, how you got into this. And also we'd love to know about um, your journey with pyrols because a lot of our listeners have been through that and even in my family we're um, researching all of the pyroluria type stuff and we'd love to hear from you um, what you've found helpful and how you've gone with it. So if you can just give us a bit of a background first, that would be awesome. Cool. Okay. Um, so I've just turned 40 just to set the scene. So um, the story just goes as in, Just as in, did you just have a birthday? I did. I did. Oh, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Life I know, the birthday now. festival. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit of a festival. We've been having picnics and all, all kinds of fun things and surfing expeditions and beach volleyball expeditions. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, I definitely felt 40 after some of those, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> So let I'll just set the scene back a little bit. So it, it all it all really kicked off when I was about uh, fifteen, sixteen. Um, I was having a lot of troubles at home with my family, and uh, due to a, quite a toxic situation at home, I actually left home at sixteen years old, and I was homeless for a while. Yeah. And you know that led to a, a you know quite a different path where I, I think. I was actually quite studious and quite smart at school, but um, when those sorts of things come along in your life, um, it can send you off the rails a bit and mm. and that's what happened. I ended up failing year 11 twice. Um, I was homeless for quite a while um, and along came the parties and the drugs and the alcohol and I indulged in all of that for, you know, a, a fair while, a fair while and I used to live very much a party lifestyle. Uh, I'd go out on Thursday night and I wouldn't come home till Sunday. Wow. And <laughs> so pretty much flogged my liver and, uh, and my nervous system. And, uh, but, you know, when you're in, in your early 20s and whatnot, you're pretty bulletproof or you think you are at the time. <laughs> you think you are. You think you are. And the signs were there. The signs were definitely there. There's, you know, a little bit of anxiety here, a little bit of depression there. And, but you just kind of sweep that under the rug because – you know, that some of my friends were the same and um, when you are partying that hard, sometimes you just put it down to having not had any sleep for a few days and, um, you know, I was I was DJing in rave parties and all, all kinds of crazy stuff so not much sleep was had and I, I just put it down to that and mm. as I got a little bit older, I found that I wasn't getting away with it anymore. So uh, I, I'd had niggly health conditions all my life but again, I just thought that was normal. I grew up on wheat bix and milk. Mm. Uh, you know, our, our idea of a treat was McDonald's every now and again, like all, the, all that usual standard Australian diet stuff. And I grew up with eczema and asthma and persistent tonsillitis, um, hay fever, chest infections every winter. Um, the amount of chest x-rays I've had is just 
mind-blowing. Like mm. I don't even want to think about it. And I just thought that was really normal. And now I realize that even back then, even before I left home at 16, there were signs that, that there was a pyrrole issue. Mm. But when, once I got into my late 20s and early 30s, because I'd really partied quite hard, what it was starting to do then was go and affect my mind and affect my moods and my emotions. So that, that's when things started to get a little bit more serious because you can, you can take some antibiotics for your chest infection and just keep on trucking and that's what I did and the same with the tonsillitis and, and you know, I, I smoked as well so sometimes I just put it down to that. But once, once my mind started changing and once I started to realize that, you know, I did have a certain degree of anxiety and a certain degree of depression going on mm. and that I, I didn't feel like other people, mm. uh, then that was a bit of a wake-up call. And I, I started to realize as I headed towards 30 that if you flog yourself that hard and you go out that much, that there will be repercussions for your body <laughs> as well. And <laughs> I started to put on weight when I'd never put on weight before. Um, I started to get sick a lot more often, um, you know, infections that just didn't go away like they used to. And then I saw a naturopath. That's, that's when a naturopath came into my life. Mm -hmm. And and she introduced me to whole foods and yeah, no, <laughs> and organic foods. And I hadn't hit the gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free stage quite at that point, but I started to turn it around by just looking at what I was eating, cutting out the cigarettes, yeah. cutting out some of the really nasty junk food and eating a more whole food diet. And then it wasn't until a couple of years after that that I went and got some food intolerance testing and that was the, that was the massive turning point. Mm. The food intolerance testing blew my mind and I came back um, scoring positive for so many foods. And I realize now that that was most likely caused by a leaky gut and that mm. leaky gut is most likely caused by the pyrrole disorder mm -hmm. uh, because the pyrrole disorder causes a zinc deficiency and the zinc deficiency stops your gut being protected. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the lack of zinc leads to a leaky gut, the leaky gut leads to the food intolerances and it's just this massive chain of events that yeah. now as a 40-year-old I can sit down and piece it all together yeah. but at that time it was like just unravelling a bit of string off a big ball. Yeah. Um, it's, and some people describe it as peeling layers off an onion. You, yes. you peel the <laughs> layer and you go, oh, look, new layer, awesome. And then after a while you're looking at that layer going, there's something under there. Yes. <laughs> peel off another layer. And, and so, yeah, the first layer was kicking the junk food and the cigarettes and going whole foods. The next layer was getting rid of the gluten, the dairy and the sugar. Mm -hmm. And that layer was just a revelation, an mm. absolute revelation. I was like, oh, my God, the tonsillitis disappeared. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. sinus, the sinus issues disappeared. Um, and then the next layer was the anti-candida layer. Mm. So I did an eight-week anti-candida diet and liver cleansing diet. And, and what kind of diet was that one, just um, through a naturopath? Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. And I, I bought one of those anti candida diet books, you okay, know. Yeah. Yep, you know the oh, ones. It would have been pretty hard. <laughs> it was so hardcore. <laughs> it, it was it was eight weeks of yeah, it, it look, it it was very restricted eating, but it needed to happen because at that time like the candida problem was just out of control. And you know, I I had thrown herbs at it, I'd thrown supplements at it, and then I was ready to take the next step with the diet. And I thought I'm going to give it eight weeks of my life and see what happens. Mm. And so that was the next layer of the onion. And during all of this process, I became more and more interested in natural therapies mm. and naturopathy. And I already had a, a I already had a wariness um, in regards to the, you know, modern medicine and conventional medicine mm. system. Although I'm, you know, I'm not anti-doctor by any means. I think it would be nice if we could all work together. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I was in serious trouble, I would rather be sent to a hospital. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, I, when I was growing up, I did see family members um, go through the medical system and end up worse off out the yeah. other end. Yeah. And so, um, and I had two members of my family that had celiac disease in the 1980s um, in a time when no one even really knew about celiac disease. Mm. 
and I saw their guts, like one person in particular, their, their gut became very, very damaged. They ended up having operations. Mm. Um, we're talking like they'd remove sections of her bowel because it was so damaged. Mm. Uh, and and so the, I already had that in the back of my mind, that, that slight distrust of the medical system mm-hmm. and that curiosity towards whether there was another option that 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 could have been taken that wasn't taken. Mm-hmm. So when I started to, you know, unravel and and peel off those layers of the onion for my own health, um, I really wanted to explore natural remedies and natural medicine as much as I could first before hitting up the doctor for a solution. So um, I, you know, during this process started to see such amazing results that I wanted to become a naturopath so that I could help others. That's great. Yeah, so that's how I ended up here. And then uh, the pyrrole thing's only really just been in the last 12 months that I've taken off that layer. <laughs> wow. Now, you were saying that you didn't finish high school. That's really awesome that you managed to go ahead and become a naturopath. Do you want to just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I was extremely lucky, extremely lucky that uh, when I studied naturopathy, it was at a time when you could get in via interview and you had to write essays and things, but you could get in as a mature age student Mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen anymore. yeah, so I was just extremely, extremely lucky. And and look, even even though I hadn't picked up my VCE, I had attended school for, you know, mm. and I'd been there. I just, because things were so hard yeah. on the front, I just hadn't got all my assignments in and hadn't passed. But I was very lucky that I went to a school where the teachers let me kind of hang around rather than just kicking me out of the school altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had a few... I had a few angels along the way who mm. kind of just turned a blind eye or gave me, a, you know, an encouraging word here or there. Um, and I always knew I had it in me to go on to tertiary education and to mm. study, but it was just situation-wise at yeah. that time. It just, I wasn't able to commit. And and also looking back, um, there was a certain element of, you know, and, and as you know, with, with pyrrole disorder, in times of stress, the pyrroles go through the roof. Mm. And so you can imagine the repercussions that had on my ability to study Mm. back when I'm 16, 17 years old. It was just too much. It was just way too stressful. So I I had to wait until I was at a place in my life where I could go back to study. And I've actually been with my husband for, oh, goodness, um, we got married in the year 2000. So... Mm -hmm. We've been together for 18 years this mm-hmm. July cool. and and so I think without him I wouldn't have been able to go back to study. Mm. Um, he just has been the most encouraging person and the most supportive person and he believed that I could do it even when I'm sitting there swamped in textbooks, <laughs> no idea how to study because I hadn't really ever learned how to do any of this, mm. like lying there in a pile of tears going, no, I can't do this. He's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> so I was oh, very so good. Very, very, very lucky that that when I did choose to go back to study in my mid-20s, I had a, a supportive crew of, of friends and, and, you know, my husband and his family around me that, mm. that definitely made that possible. That's really good. And then what happened with your um, studies? You went on and you learned about the pyrals. How did you find out about having pyrals? They didn't teach us that. Oh, okay. They didn't. It's... Because I graduated in 2006, so I've been out for 10 years mm-hmm. and they really, it, it wasn't known back mm. then. And, and I went to what, what I considered was to be the, the best college in Melbourne. I went to the Southern School of Natural Therapies and, you know, it's four years full-time bachelor, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. degree. And, you know, they, they only just even touched on methylation. They ha- You know, mm-hmm. we didn't do a lot on that and... We didn't do a lot on pyrroles or, you know, it's just I, I, I came out of there with, you know, am, amazing knowledge and amazing skills but there's always more to be learned along the way and uh, the, as a naturopath you never stop learning mm-hmm. but so, you, you get to choose what you learn and I think you end up learning the things that you're curious about because either yourself or close friends and family or maybe you've attracted a few clients that have got similar things like you know people people sort of come in waves like mm. you get a wave of gluten-free people and you get a I, I now get waves of pyrrole people yeah um, 
And I used to get I used to get waves of detox people. Huh. Um, so it's like when I was getting waves of detox people, I thought maybe I need to detox myself or I'd get <laughs> waves of candida people. And I was like, okay, well, that's the thing that maybe I need to look at at the moment. And then last year I started getting waves of pyrrole people. Funny, and I, isn't it? It's, it's funny, the universe just goes, here you go, have, have a mirror. Have yes, a mirror. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I started, it, it really was only last year that I started getting all these pyrrole people and I started reading about this pyrrole disorder and I thought, wow, that looks like me. <laughs> and so I got tested, I only got tested in November myself. Mm, yeah. And can you explain to our listeners exactly what it is? So your body makes these little things called pyrroles as part of everyday life. Like it's, it's part of what makes up your hemoglobin. You need them and it's a good thing that you make them. However, um, due to, we're not quite sure why, but we believe it is inherited. Due to certain circumstances, there are people in this world who make way too many of these pyrroles and they don't all get used in making this hemoglobin. So you make up your hemoglobin, some of these pyrroles go towards that, but you're left with extras right? And so it's these extra pyrroles that are causing all the havoc. So what they do is they run around in the bloodstream and they cause a bit of chaos. So in order to be safely removed from the body, they have to bind to something to be carried out of the bloodstream safely. And they bind to, amongst other things, mostly to your B6 Mm -hmm. and your zinc. Mm -hmm. So there's a few other things they bind to like biotin, etc., but mostly it's the B6 and the zinc, which means that you can eat all the B6 and the zinc in the world. You can, you know, eat all the beautiful foods and whole foods that have B6 and zinc in them and they'll still be getting bound to by these pyrroles and then carried out of the body without being absorbed. So the pyrroles aren't really the problem. The problem is the B6 and zinc deficiency that it causes. Now, when your uh, zinc is low your copper starts to go up and copper and zinc sit on this seesaw. They keep each other in check. When one's up, the other's down. Mm -hmm. And so if your zinc goes down, down, down for long periods of time, your copper starts to go up, up, up. Mm -hmm. And that is when people with pyroluria start to experience some pretty wacky symptoms. And so quite often, if you if you look at the symptoms of copper toxicity, if anyone's yeah. uh, brave enough to Google that, it's yeah. just it's a whole world of pain in there. It mm. it's quite it's actually quite shocking. Like they're now connecting pyrrole disorder to some pretty serious mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, they're even talking about finding. Um, increased amounts of pyrroles in people with things like schizophrenia, OCD, all kinds of stuff that before we used to just medicate and not understand where this stuff came from. And now we're actually saying that we may have found one of the contributing factors in in being in the pyrroles. So, How uh, how long has pyrroles sort of been in the zeitgeist for us? Like, uh, I've only heard about it just a few months ago when Joe mentioned it. And then I even remember like someone on the Quirky Cooking chat group wrote something like she went to her doctor and asked to be tested for pyrroles. And he asked her, is this like a made-up disease that you found on Google <laughs> yeah. or something? And, yeah, and, yeah, just uh, like so, all those other made-up diseases, yeah. too, like yeah. fatigue. That's right, yeah. But like, in all <laughs> fairness, like, um, you know, we've been in this world for a long time, both Joe and I, and I don't know, Joe, I recall you saying that it's something even new to you, that it hasn't been something that's at the forefront of your mind, of nothing that you've really heard about in uh, all seriousness until recently. Is that, is that yeah, correct? Probably yeah, probably in the last year, year yeah. or so, since I started doing the podcast, really, and started talking to people with you know, anxiety and trying to heal the gut. And that's when I started to hear about it. But I didn't really understand what it was. And then we, after we got, we did well with gaps, but then my eldest son started to get anxious. And so we were told we really should get the pyrroles test. So we all got tested and he actually wasn't too bad. But Isaac, the one that has OCD, he's 40 on the scale. Yeah. So, which is which is what high or low? High. It's very okay. high. Yeah, I and, and I was I was forty five. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but forty for a kid is a lot. So what 
takes a while to get that number yeah. up. Well, the thing but is, just just I would I'd like to sort of get to that question that I had just very Sorry. quickly with Jules. No, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so much to talk about. But Jules, yeah. how long has it been uh, in your world? Like, how long have you been looking at this in people, and how long have you been uh, helping people get over this? Not even twelve months, for okay, honestly, not right, even twelve yeah. months. But in in terms of you, you asked how long has it been out there in in the zeitgeist and. Yeah. It has been out there, but I think those people have taken it, – it takes a long time to get this stuff into the mainstream and it's definitely not there yet. There's, there's people like the – have a look at the Walsh Institute, the Walsh Research Institute. Um, and so if you have a look at, at um, Walsh's research and Pfeiffer's research, um, you'll find that these people have been doing it for well over a decade and, and I mm. think even longer than that. Mm. But – it just takes so long to get this stuff accepted by the mainstream yeah. and to be able to get the funding to to grow this and you know and to recognize it so there's definitely some incredibly intelligent and dedicated people who've been um, who've been involved in this and who've been educating and researching and all of that but um, as far as um, uh, as being a practitioner in Australia goes, I've only been seeing this stuff popping up in the last sort of 12 months. It's a bit like MTHFR, which is yeah. really fashionable at the yes. moment as well. Yeah. Um, but they're fashionable because all of a sudden it, it's, these things seem to be applying to so many of our, of our clients. And I suddenly, like I said, I was suddenly attracting all these pyrrole cases. But actually it's not that we're that we're not that saturated with pyroluria that every second person's got it, but it just seems at the moment that every second person that goes to a naturopath for a long-standing, complicated health condition, mm. <laughs> they've, you know, they're, they're a lot more likely to have it because. Yeah. All right, just, just two two questions there for me. Uh, to, um, one is obviously we've been treating people for things like B6 and zinc deficiency for a long time because we've yeah. been able to test for this stuff. So obviously we've had a lot of people with uh, pyrroles who have been treated without even the, the uh, disease being named for them. Mm. So this is something yeah. that naturopaths have, have been doing for a while. Um, one, one part of the question is how many people now that come to you asking for this or like looking at this uh, end up with pyrroles, like as a percentage, if this is a number that you can give me. And the other one is, uh, historically, you've, have you been able to look back through, like your, what now, 10 years or how many years of practice that you've had where you've been able to go back and go, ah, oh, actually, I've treated X amount of people with uh, zinc and B6 deficiency and obviously those people had pyrroles. Is, is there like, would you think like it's a, a good proportion of the people that you've dealt with? I do, I really do because the... The things that naturopaths really excel in are things like those all those suboptimal conditions that the doctors don't really know how to how to help. So things like leaky gut mm -hmm. and food intolerances, chronic fatigue, you know, um, anxiety, but at a point before the doctors would say, "Look, you have to medicate." Yeah. So we're you know we're looking at sort of mild to moderate anxiety and depression. Um, obviously, once things are you know are not so good in that department, then we you know we work in with the drugs. But there's a, a lot of things where naturopaths really can you know we can go to town on some of that stuff, um, and that's you know those those people come to us in droves. They you know they know they've got a food intolerance or they know that they that they need help because they're always bloated or they've got irritable bowel or something like that. They've had the colonoscopy, they've had the gastroscopy, they've been given the all clear by the doctors and they come to the naturopath and they say, I've still got bloating, I've still got pain, I've still got reflux, all of this sort of stuff. Mm. And so, you know, those that those people that are coming to us, they're more likely to have these sorts of issues. And um, I know, Fuad, you were just asking, like, you know, looking back through my files and how many people, um, you know, I, I, I've been looking back through my files going, oh, my goodness, I, I hope that person, you know, now can now find out because there's mm. there's got to be people back there who had piles, especially things like I used to do a lot of um, work with women with hormonal issues, mm. um, hormonal imbalances. PCOS, endometriosis, um, you know, PMS, all that sort of stuff. And I now look back and think that that's all B6 deficiency. 
You know, wow, this really, yeah. So that's, I mean, it's not the only cause, but B6 deficiency would really drive those along. Yeah. So I now look back and go, oh my goodness, like I know that I was giving those people B6, but was I giving them the right form of B6? Was I giving them enough B6? Because that's the other thing with pyrrole disorder is you don't just, as, as you'd know, Joe, you don't just give them B6 and zinc. You have to give them a special kind of B6 and zinc in a special dose. So, mm. Yeah, we were on the right track back then going, okay, well, I think you've got a zinc deficiency. I think you've got a B6 deficiency and, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, were we, doing, were we doing enough? And probably not. But once you know better, you do better. And yeah. if, some, if someone comes to me now that looks like a B6 and, and zinc deficiency person, I just say to them, look, I've got this test that we can do. Um, it's called a cryptopyrrole test. You wee in a jar. You don't even have to draw blood. It's great. It costs you about 120 bucks. Would you like to do that? Let's rule this out. Let's, mm. let's make sure it's not pyrrole disorder because then we can move forward. And, you know, th- those people are happy to do that because it, it is a real fork in the road working out if someone's got pyrroles or not because if they have got pyrroles, it really changes the way that we would supplement them. Mm. And if they don't have pyrroles, then, you know, we can go down another path. So it's, it's one of those things that we really need to rule it out so that we know which, which way we're going to go with, you know, with all the things that we give them. What would you say to, like I've had naturopaths say to me that um, really you don't need the pyrroles testing done. You just, if you think you've got it, then you just take B6 and zinc and you'll probably find that that will be fine and they kind of they don't really get the proper testing done what would you say to that i absolutely disagree yeah okay <laughs> sorry naturopaths and i'm ha- look you know what i'm happy to enter into you know an open conversation because i'm still learning as well mm. and this we're all still learning and we need to work together on this but but here's here's my angle the type of b6 you give a person changes and the amount that you give changes and it's the same with zinc. The the type of zinc that they're going to be more likely to absorb changes and you start to give quite heroic doses of zinc where you would not before because the amount of zinc that I would give to a lot of pyrrole people would be way too much in a uh, non-pyrrole person. Okay. So there's a really, there's a line there that you have to go over and the other issue that I've got with just giving a bit of B6 and zinc is the copper. We need to talk about the copper. If someone has got pyroluria, we need to test the copper mm. because if you've been zinc deficient for a long time and your copper's gone up, then we need to know that because that changes the way that we treat as well because uh, we would manage we would manage that case quite differently because as you start to get the copper to come down by moving the zinc up on that seesaw, remember the zinc goes up, the copper starts to come down, uh, there's always the chance that that person can feel worse before they feel better because that copper comes out into the bloodstream and causes a little bit of drama. Uh, Jules, before we get into this treatment side of things and the symptoms of the treatment and all that, I'd really like to sort of take it back to the place where uh, we tell our listeners what the symptoms of pyrroles are yeah. so that they, they can relate to it and see whether any, any of these symptoms are things that they or their family members are experiencing. Absolutely. And, and it is going to be different for everyone. And um, one thing I would like to point out is you don't have to have all the symptoms in order to have pyrrole disorder. You could just have some of the symptoms. You don't have to tick every box. If some people it will affect their bodies more and other people it will affect their minds more. It depends on a lot of things like how old they are and how susceptible they are. Uh, so the main, the main ones that we see in practice would be First of all, things like leaky gut and gut issues and food intolerances, mm-hmm. uh, digestive disorders. So I think everyone will take that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've still got a hundred percent of you with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all my listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, all the gaps people. <laughs> the gut club. I think that's what we should call us. All right. So the the next stage along would be anything that is um, congruent with like a B6 or a zinc deficiency. So if you look up all the symptoms of B6 and zinc deficiency, you'll find um, zinc, zinc issues are things like 
poor skin wound healing, susceptibility to infections, people who get colds and flus more often than other people, um, people who get things like digestive issues um, because, again, zinc is needed to heal up a leaky gut. Um, so you've also got things like skin kicking in, hair, skin and nail stuff with zinc, but especially uh, skin. So anytime you see like acne, eczema, all those sorts of funky things, um, especially in teenagers um, when they're getting a lot of breakouts, I think of zinc. Those white spots on the fingernail are a bit of a zinc sign. Mm -hmm. uh, so then we look at things like B6 deficiency symptoms and you can easily Google that one too, but um, we're starting to head more into the nervous system then. We're looking at things like poor sleep, um, inability to remember dreams, mood swings, anxiety, depression. We're starting to head more into that sort of territory. And also in females, we're looking at hormonal imbalances. So PMS, I, I mentioned, you know, other um, female reproductive issues before as well. So, but yeah, ra raging PMS, girls, Ooh. raging PMS. So um, then we start to, like I said, look at the symptoms of copper toxicity if a person's had this issue flaring up for a while. And copper can affect all systems in the body. Again, it's got a massive role to play in immunity. Um, if your copper's high, then your immune system does suffer. Your skin can suffer. Um, but we're then looking at um, a lot of, you know, really full-on gnarly mood swings where um, people just, you know, they feel fine most of the time and then they just have like the most shocking day ever. Mm -hmm. um, we're starting to head into things like OCD, mm. um, you, know, you know, more we're not talking about mild to moderate anxiety and depression then. We're looking at things that are a little bit further along the line perhaps. So the, the higher the copper and the longer it's been going on, the more it's going to affect you. Uh, so... Yeah, and look, there's other there's other sort of over um, overall symptoms of pyrrole that we often see, like family history of um, anxiety and depression. Although I've found when I've been questioning my patients that no one knows if their grandparents got it because I know no one talked about it. Mine did. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, I had a great grandmother with it, and my grandfather. Yeah, right. See, that's really unusual, Joe, because. Mm. A lot of people in that generation didn't talk about it. They well, they didn't. And um, I only found out a little while ago that I knew my grandpa always worried. He was always worrying about everything. But just yeah. recently I found out mum said, yeah, he took medication as long as she can remember for it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's the one that I quite often hear is people say, oh, she was a nervous lady or yes. she was a worrier. Yeah. Uh, but no one ever said that, you know, the anxiety word or the depression. No, that's like we, right. That, 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 you know, apparently uh, was not said. But, not the dumb yeah. thing. Yeah. But, but, yes, she was, oh, she was a nervous lady. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other, uh, like when people come to me with, with pyroles, like you quite often see, um, you know, like pale people who's, you know, who burn easily in the sun. There's like all these extra little signs that you can quite often pick up. Um, people with copper toxicity, I've read, have, they look more youthful. <laughs> so, you know, just little things like that sometimes really get me over the line. If someone's sitting in front of me and I think, I wonder if this is a pyrrole case or not, and then they say they're 30 and they actually look 20 and it's like, hang on. Yeah, yeah. That's like, interesting. Like, like, looking young. Yeah, let's not fix this issue. I'm, I'm yeah, happy to yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all the copper. <laughs> I have heard that. And also very sensitive. Yes, very mm. sensitive. Um, quite emotional. Mm. The the poet. Well, I, don't, I don't know if artist. that's a joke. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> true. Right, just a joke, Joe. Yeah. Okay. Let's not get into that for what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've I've read some I've read some really amazing um, pieces written by people about pyrols and you know guessing who in history might have had it. Ah, that would be interesting. 
Yeah, and they've, you know, I've read things, you know, saying like certain poets and certain mm. artists and they looked at Charles Darwin, you know, who mm-hmm. was very ill for a lot of his life but yeah. had like an amazing mind and um, I think, was it Sylvia Plath or one of those amazing poets who was actually, you know, has quite depressed in real mm. life. And, a lot yeah, of songwriters yeah. and poets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah which and makes artists. me wonder. Van Gogh. Makes, Yes, absolutely, Van Gogh. I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I, I hope no one out there's got pyrols to the point where they're cutting off their ear. No, and, I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's actually quite it, it it's quite amazing when you look at it from that perspective mm. and you think, if we could have cured this one hundred percent, would we have all that amazing yeah, exactly. art in the world? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So when you said about the copper. Um, bringing the copper down how like so you've got the zinc and the b6 for the pyrols so do you do other things for the copper yeah we the look I'm still I'm still reading and still learning and Mm -hmm. still trying things out and I definitely would have to say to anyone listening please do not attempt this at home without a practitioner like this Mm. is serious stuff we need to we you don't need just go to the to, pharmacy and buy some stuff for yourself. No, please don't <laughs> just go and load up on zinc. Like, no. please go. For the first thing you need to do is get a blood test. Mm. Um, and I personally, um, professionally test people for something called a FIFA profile, which is done through Nutripath. But there are different companies out there also doing similar things. And what it does is it tests your zinc and it tests your copper, but it also tests something called your ceruloplasmin, which is the copper carrying. Um, protein and then through testing the copper and the ceruloplasmin together you can then come up with a figure for something called free copper or unbound copper and so we need to know all of these numbers before we can give you the appropriate supplementation for your individual case and so once we look at, and that, that original pyrrole number, like we were talking about, you know, those, whether you're a 10 or a 20 or a 40 or a 130, like I have seen, mm, um, wow. that, yeah, yeah. I, I actually even heard of a 200. Uh, what's, so, what's the base? What's the normal? Uh, the one? range, the range that they're currently using is literally one to 10. <laughs> and, um, yes. And look, it, once it's over 10, you yeah. would consider it to be a pyrrole case. Well, we uh, were all over 10. Yeah. Mm. And, and most people are, if, they've, if they're coming to a naturopath with all the signs and symptoms, yeah. they probably are because if they're under 10, they might not have made it to the point where they need a naturopath. That's true. Yeah. They might just still be lurking. I have had a couple of cases which were just under 10, but they had all the signs and symptoms. So Yeah. See, I've yeah. got one son like that. He's just about 10, 11. Yep. And he's got probably more symptoms than, than the others. Yeah. So. And I think what, um, what does, uh, just to sidetrack a little bit, what, what does need to be mentioned is that your body creates more of these pyrroles when you're stressed or, yes. or physically active. So, so it's difficult when you get tested sometimes because he was very relaxed the day we were tested. Yeah, or this stuff can also just lurk under the surface, okay. and then and then you might start high school, or you might uh, yeah, you might start start your day. Just, <laughs> yeah. or you know, God forbid, you might you know lose a grandparent that you were really mm. attached to, or there's all these things that can happen in in kids' lives where mm. they they go through a stressful period. Or I I I suspect um, I have a case which I suspect was um, when they started doing some fairly heavy duty. Um, physical activity, like cross-country running, for example, mm. um, which can, you know, can set it off. Yeah, well, that can, and that can also set off issues with the copper. If there is, if there's high copper in there, that can make that come out a little bit. Sometimes I've been reading wow. um, about examples of copper dumping with um, heavy cardiovascular activity. So there's things that if that this whole issue can just chug along under the surface, and then, you know, a stressful. Uh, event will happen and that's what then sets mm. it off and so and and that's you why you need those tests that's why you need those tests and you can't stop those stresses happening mm. to your kids you can't stop it happening to yourself it's called life life's mm-hmm. going to happen we yeah. learn so much and we grow so much from being put mm. through stress as well but if the pyrroles get set off during that process it's just going to add an extra degree of difficulty to our lives so 
Yeah, so that that number is sometimes reflective of, you know, what that person's been through lately mm. um, or just how their individual body adapts. But, I mean, a good naturopath will not just go on the number. They'll go on signs and symptoms as well. Well, my naturopath, when, like Isaac, once we started GAPS within, a, you know, a couple of months or a few months, he was so much better. And, like, you wouldn't know now, would you, Fuad, usually? No. You wouldn't no. know that he was so bad that, you know, he couldn't feed himself or anything. And... Um, when we got the testing done, I was so surprised to see that he was 40. And the naturopath said, well, really, if you think about it, when he was so bad, he could have been over 100 and he yeah. could have healed to this degree. <laughs> yeah. And he just feels so much better, but yes. he's wow. not there yet. And I, I wonder that about myself as well mm. because I cleaned up my diet so much yeah. and I have been gluten and dairy and sugar-free for so long and I went through a time when I was, you know, as, as paleo as you can get and mm. I still had issues. I still had fatigue. I still had, you know, anxiety. I still had, you know, days when things flared up. But I just think to myself now, like imagine if I had been on that wheat bix you know, oh, yeah. standard Australian Sorry, I, I just would like to sort of clarify that, sorry, because it it sounds like it's a bit confusing to me because we're saying that it might be like a, we don't know what, what causes it, it might be hereditary, uh, yeah. but we're saying that the number goes down when we clean up our diet, is that is that correct? I don't know if it's so much the number that goes down, Fuad, but it's more the, the symptoms and signs that you will experience, so um, I... I I think the number is more likely to go up and down in response to stress. And I'd be interested if anyone's out there who has mm. been studying pyruria, like um, definitely let us know what your experience is with this as well. But I do believe that the number will go up and down in response to things like stress and physical activity. But the signs and symptoms are another sort of kettle of fish altogether in terms of I think they, they the signs and symptoms are definitely – related to the number going up and down in terms of the severity but they can definitely be influenced by diet definitely and lifestyle right. factors yeah. i mean that makes sense because i think like um, to attribute all the symptoms that are happening um, to pyrols as a maybe as a base of the disease is something that i can understand but then let's say that causes gluten sensitivity or leaky gut which in its own right will cause all these severe issues maybe like the OCD that Isaac had and all that had to do with the healing that he had from the inflammatory diet and yeah. um, then you know which at, at the underlying cause of him not being able to handle the, those foods was uh, pyrols yeah. but the pyrols I suspect would be the same but maybe because he has a low toxicity diet and a diet that is high in uh, zinc and B6 or higher in B6 and zinc that his uh, symptoms that would have been too severe early on would become less severe and then may maybe even become way much better when, uh, way much better, that's a funny word, but <laughs> much better when he supplements with zinc and B6. Is that is that what we're saying here? Because I just, I'd like to sort of clarify to people that the number isn't really going to be what you go on. Like the number is going no. to tell you whether you have this or not. And mm. then what you do is you address it with supplementation and a low inflammation diet. Is that what we're saying? You definitely need to look at what else is going on with that okay. person. It's just, yeah. And that's the thing about naturopathy is we we mustn't get sucked into just thinking problem solution, you know, yes. mm. okay. Ill, illness, herb, pyrols, zinc, yeah. you know, or mm. MTHFR you know, yeah. a special kind of folate. Um, yeah. we, we need to take a step back and, and look at, we always say we, we don't treat illnesses. We, we actually address the whole person. That's what a naturopath should always be doing is not treating an illness at all um, because then you get sucked into illness solution. You know, here's your thing mm -hmm. and here's your herb. We need to go back and go, what, what have we got here? And in Isaac's case, you didn't just have a pyrrole case, you had um, a pyrrole case with a, a very leaky gut mm. and we have to remember that, you know, 90% or something of our neurotransmitters are made in the gut. Mm. Um, and so if our neurotransmitters are being made in the gut, you could give him all the calming herbs That's that right. you liked and yeah. if the gut's not healing, nothing will get better and you can give that zinc and B6 till the cows come mm. home. 
but if that gut hasn't been given a rest and an opportunity to heal, zinc alone won't heal a gut. Mm. There's other factors that need to come into play and you know. Beautiful, Jules. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Always, always go back to addressing the whole person. Never just go, it's a pyrrole case, here's your zinc, here's your B6, see you later, see you in a month. Yeah. No, no. And that's no, no, no. like what I was saying before when some doctors or naturopaths um, sort of say, oh, well, it could be pyrrole, so just take the zinc and B6. It's no. Not, it's not really helping. <laughs> no. And what, which zinc and which B6 yeah. and, and where's your copper at? And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find with the copper um, situation also there's different things you can do to detox from that? Yeah, and I've I've been trialing lots of different ways of addressing this and I think, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's <laughs> going to be different for each person. Oh, of course it is, yeah. Otherwise, I just would have brought out a pyrrole program already. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, there's, you know, there, I've been, I've been uh, working with certain clients to increase their vitamin C because mm-hmm. vitamin C looks like it, it chelates to copper and helps to remove it from the system more quickly. Um, and I'm looking at certain um, phases of detoxification and which herbs and supplements because there's, there's phase one and there's phase two of detoxification. So I've been doing a bit of research into which phase of detoxification we need to work on and then which supplements or herbs we give during that time as well that's going to basically we as the body detoxifies as those zinc levels go up and as the body starts to detoxify the the copper the copper comes out of the tissues Mm -hmm. into the bloodstream and um, to simplify, basically you feel worse before you yeah. get better because That's the copper usual. comes out, it goes up mm. and then it affects you and a lot of people will talk about a situation called copper dumping mm. and um, that's where the copper is trying to be released by the body but then sometimes still ends up being reabsorbed into, you know, and, and so basically your your levels, you feel like your levels are going up and you start to get all those symptoms. And so I've started really working with a lot of my clients to detoxify as best as we can and to get that copper out so that it so even if it does dump, it comes out faster and we can mm. detoxify that person faster. But in a perfect world, we would strike a balance where we don't get massive copper dumps in the first place and that comes back to knowing those levels. Mm. Remember that that copper and ceruloplasmin, yeah, the, um, the test. And once we know those levels and once we know the copper to zinc ratio as well, that helps us manage a supplementation a little bit better to minimise the chances of copper dumping, although... I mean, even personally, I've had a couple of I've had a couple of episodes of copper dumping myself, and mm. sometimes it's hard to avoid. Um, but the second time I had it happen, I cranked up my vitamin C, and I found that I pulled out of that spiral a lot faster. So we're we're all still learning, mm. um, but I think it it does come down a lot to liver detoxification um, and looking at you know, what sorts of supplements we can give. Because essentially what we're dealing with is heavy metal toxicity. Copper is a heavy metal. And so we need to look at how we can, you know, lessen the impact of that when it comes back out. Can can I ask with regards to someone who might have pyros, but they're not experiencing any symptoms? So um, most of us will sort of get tested when we've gone so far down the track where symptoms are really stopping us from being able to live our lives comfortably. So we've got the leaky gut or the uh, OCD and anxiety and all these things that you mentioned. Uh, Is this one of those things that everyone should be screened for now and uh, given the supplementation that they need before it causes a systemic issue that causes all the cascade of like the downstream uh, issues that most people will experience after having it for a while. There are practitioners now who talk about uh, borderline pyrrole protocols. So if someone is, um, you know, if they've they've got it running in their family, they've got it themselves, but maybe their number's not that high or maybe they're asymptomatic at the moment or maybe they've just got some mild symptoms, then we might look at, it's just looking at different levels of zinc and B6 supplementation compared to if someone's, you know, off the chart. So, mm-hmm. again, it comes down to looking at the individual 
unraveling their personal medical history and looking at their family history to give you a bit of an indication of how this is going to pan out and to, you know, test the zinc levels, test the copper levels, all that sort of stuff. Um, I haven't seen anyone yet who's got copper toxicity who was asymptomatic. Like by the time they come to me, they've got symptoms and, and that's the thing. I don't get a lot of borderline people. Mm. Um, I, I guess like I'm thinking about young children, you know, who haven't had the time really to sort of accumulate all that copper. The zinc hasn't yet been depleted or, I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure even if this yeah. question is uh, co- correct or if these types of people exist or not. Well, I'm actually interested because my 12-year-old, she, we actually didn't get her tested because she's always the normal one. Mm. I know who I wouldn't agree oh, because they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. kind of <laughs> clash a little bit. No. <laughs> um, she's she's never sick, you know. Um, if she gets a cold, it's gone really quickly. But just recently, she started getting rough skin, like a little bit of eczema, and I'm like, yeah. hmm, where's this coming from? Because she's on the GAPS diet too, but yeah. just because we all are. But um, she's never really had any anxiety or anything like that, so. Interesting. It, it, it could be still something there. <laughs> and it doesn't always affect the mind. Like mm, there are people out I'm... there with pyrols who have got no problems upstairs there at all. Yeah. Um, but everything, you know, everything's happening in a different department. I've had people with pyrols who have just got gut issues and maybe some joint pain or I've got other pyrol people who don't have any anxiety but they've got fatigue. So mm. it definitely can manifest differently in different people and um, in regards to kids as well, um, I think the the levels don't have to be that extreme in order for children to have um, a reaction because I think uh, kids are more sensitive mm. and sometimes you just like sometimes with kids and pyrols you just see little things here and there that would be dismissed in the medical fraternity as just being normal yeah. like just being agitated in class or being distracted easily or mm. um, kids who have just got, you know, a mild sort of ADHD type symptoms. And, mm. um, and colds th- and flus. And- yeah, colds, flus, fungal infections, mm. skin issues. Uh, it's It definitely manifests differently for everyone. And you might find with your daughter that it's, you know, She's, she might have a stronger constitution that she's mm. inherited from the other side of the yes. family. <laughs> so she's lucky. She's really lucky. And, again, that's just then the sort of thing that just needs to be – you just need to keep an eye on it. Yeah. And you know you know the signs. As soon mm. as you see the eczema, you're like, hang on. Yeah, I know that's something. <laughs> yeah, but it might also just be eczema that's not related to pyrols too. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, get her tested, Joe. I I reckon. Yeah, since it's in the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Imagine if Cassia turns out to be even nicer than she is now. Oh, that would be uh, good, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't worry, Jules. He teases her all the time. <laughs> I love how he's just like part of the family. Oh, he is. He's, un- he's Uncle Fufu. <laughs> love it. Hey. Love it. Oh, sorry. Oops, sorry. I'll do that. <laughs> Well, is there anything um, else that we should explore here for our listeners? Is there anything else you can think of that they need to know about um, recovering from pyrols, I guess? I think that if we've got issues with anxiety and depression and those sorts of things, it's important to also work alongside a a good psychologist and maybe even a good GP, you know, just we sometimes things need to be supported on a few different fronts while we sort this out. And so if you do need to go and and take some medications, you know, with your GP, that's okay. Like if that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen. If if we need to get you a, a good psychologist who has, you know, hopefully who has some knowledge of this and understands, then then I think that's a good thing as well. I think just throwing supplements at something isn't the best way to go. I think sometimes you need a support team around you of different practitioners who mm-hmm. can all offer different services to help you in that in a more holistic way rather mm-hmm. than just treating it like, you know, I, I, I'm very wary of just treating it like, here's your illness and here's your zinc and B6. I yeah. think 
there's so much more to it than that. We're all still learning and I think it's important for us all to keep an ear to the ground and see what, what information comes to light in the next five to ten years. Mm. I really love that you say we're all still learning and you're so open to learning and working with others. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's the only way forward, mm. honestly. It is. Can you think of anything else, Fuad? Um, no, I think we've, we've done a, a really good comprehensive podcast on this, but I, th I think the community will have some questions and mm. uh, maybe we'll have uh, Jules back again to answer them and sort of help guide people. If you'd like to come back and talk to us again, Jules, we'd love to have you. And Yeah, uh, absolutely. I love a bit of Ask the Naturopath. Bring it on. Bring <laughs> yeah, all awesome. your questions. I love them. <laughs> and uh, where can people find out about you and your practice and uh, all the cool things that you do, Jules? You can find me at julesgalloway.com and that's my main website and that's where I hang out every day and I don't just talk about pyrols. I have lots of lovely recipes and she lots does. of health she information really on there. <laughs> <laughs> Love recipes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, I, there's, there's, there'll be links there to things like live events and all, all the fun things that I have going on. And you I, need to tell us about your program. Yes, uh, so I have a program called Shiny Healthy You, Fatigue to Fabulous in 12 Weeks. And that's it's actually very exciting because it's about to turn evergreen, which means that people don't have to wait to start the program. They can start yeah. it, they can purchase it and start it at any time. And yeah. so that's sitting over at shinyhealthyyou.com. Mm -hmm. And that's tied in with my fancy new podcast that I've got, which is also. Wow. Also called Shiny Healthy You. And really what, what I'm all about is helping women to become healthy, happy and all shiny again because hey. too, often, too often I just see women who have had their shine dulled a bit. Yeah, sorry, Fruad. Look, we have got one or two token boys in the shiny. <laughs> I reckon we could fit one more. We have an army of shiny, healthy sisters and then we have a couple of shiny, healthy misters. Oh, that's <laughs> Love it. Um, so yeah, it, this is all about you know for for women who have been very busy and have been burning the candle at both ends and who are mm. feeling fatigued and they've lost their sparkle. Come and see me. I'm going to get you back on the healthy, happy bandwagon again. Oh, that sounds so good. That's awesome. All right. Well, I will link to your um, sites in the blurb on the wellness couch so if anyone's looking at this on the wellness couch you can find the links there i know wellness couch buddy yay <laughs> and you'll find jules on the wellness couch yeah. um, and will you be at the wellness summit in september yes i will oh definitely. we'll see you there that'll be oh, so we much can fun hang out. yeah um and we have um a lot of people that like to ask questions so can we send them to your facebook page if they have Absolutely. some questions for you um and that's just jules galloway it's Jules Galloway Health. Jules Galloway Health on Facebook. I just find that's the easiest way to answer questions myself. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Facebook a lot. Yeah, me too. And you're also <laughs> on Instagram. What are you on Instagram? Jules Galloway Health. Jules Galloway Health. Okay, so check out her gorgeous food photos if you're an Instagrammer. <laughs> yeah, there's a few oh, surfing photos. And the from. combi van photos. They're pretty cool too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the combi, yes. That's, that's looking good. It is. It's so much fun. Oh, oh my God, I have a combi, everyone. It's amazing. Did your husband just do it up for you or something? It's actually his combi. Oh. But, yeah, it's, he put a bed in it for my birthday. That's so awesome. <laughs> we have yeah, camping. in it. Yeah. That's I love so my good. life. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jules. It was fun hanging out with you. Look forward to seeing you at the summit. Thank so you for having you go, me. Yes. Uh, uh, you would like to say something about my program? You, you can say something <laughs> about your program. I have Joe is the worst self-promoter in the world. So I have Come to on, yeah. Joe. Out with it. Okay. <laughs> well. And the dinner, Joe. Okay. And the dinner. Okay. Well, first of all, Fuad and I are putting on a dinner and cooking class in Sydney. We've got three classes. Two, one's already booked out. One's nearly booked out. They're the 28th and 29th of July. So if you go to my website, quirkycooking.com.au, you'll see the link there and um, you can click on that, go to the shop and we have all the details there. So that'll be a lot of fun. It's cooking together and eating together and lots of chatting. And then we also have um, the new Quirky Cooking for Gut Health program out. So this one is, uh, like you are saying, Jules, an evergreen course. You can join at any time, do it at your own rate. 
um, because yep. I think it's something that you can't rush and everybody will take a different amount of time. So but if you want to binge watch it, you can. You can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> and people told me that they spent the first weekend watching all the videos. Yeah. <laughs> and there's lots of ebooks with recipes, so there's plenty there to help people that need to start changing their diet for good gut health. So, yay. Well, where can you find that, Joe? Oh, yeah, I should say that. Yeah. Gap. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Yeah. Gaps.quirkycooking.com.au. And the dinners and the cooking classes, you can find them find them at quirkycooking.com.au slash shop. Yes. Thank so, you, Fuad. No worries. <laughs> good thing I've got you. <laughs> oh, good fun. All right. Jules, thank you so much for coming on the show. We, we loved having you. Yeah, it's a great. pleasure. Thank you so much. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And please tune in in two weeks' time. We'll be back. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.